What's good, everybody? I'm John G. Stremski, host of New York, New York with JJ, the first podcast on the Ringer and Spotify dedicated to you, the New York sports fan. We've got episodes three nights a week, plus bonus episodes whenever news breaks. So make sure you follow the show on Spotify. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears. Bulls. White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. The full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I don't feel bad for a lot of people in sports. Uh, you know, some guys, you feel like, ah, oh, man, it's just good enough to, to break your heart. Some guys get paid a whole hell of a lot of money. So you're like, you know, the hater in a lot of us goes, oh, well, you know, I if I was getting paid millions, I, I'd be fine with being, you know, average to above average anyway. But when this is your life's mission and and this is your work and you have a finite amount of plays in your body, as every football player does, to watch the, like we know that Kyle Shanahan has been trying to get rid of this man since he didn't make that throw in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, right? And shout out to Bamani Jones and Dominique Foxworth because Dominique Foxworth actually brought it up on Bamani's podcast that he actually went on TV and said, you should start Trey Lance. <laughs> and, and he knew he was going to get a whole bunch of blowback, right? And he, of course, you don't do it this far in the season, but Logically, and what with what was on the line and how you had to play this game, that's seventeen to seven. You got a seventeen to seven football lead in an NFC Championship game on the road. Your defense is playing lights out. They really couldn't press the ball down the field because every time they tried to, Jimmy G missed a throw. That miss to George Kittle was just absolutely just. It's one of those backbreaking things that affects play calling down the stretch. You know, Debo Samuel. Whether you want to put him in the backfield or you want to throw him a bubble screen, like the touchdown that the Debo Samuel scored was mostly Debo Samuel. Jimmy G is as good as 
the average starters should be in the NFL. But man, if Bears fans are watching this and think that defense and running games solely is the way that you can win football games until you try to figure out the NFL ain't waiting on you, man. You look at the four quarterbacks that were left in this final four, right? NFC and AFC. The one that we all expected to be himself was himself in the biggest game. The one that we kind of expected to be that way was then Matt Stafford. We had no expectations for Joe Burrow, and obviously Pat Mahomes is a Super Bowl champion and an MVP of the league, so you expect him to play at a, at a premium. But man, watching those two dudes in this game and with every throw, like, I, I, you know, whether you want to call it narrative or any of this other stuff, there was at no point did I believe when the Niners got the football back that they were going to drive down the field and tie this thing up. None. And if it would have happened, I would have shook my head and be like, all right, I was wrong. But Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, you know, Leonard Floyd, Eric Weddle, all them boys lined up, Jalen Ramsey, they, they, you know, it looked like, it looked like, when, and we've seen it a lot, you know, as, as you've seen it a lot as a baseball fan too, Tanny. When you know a pitcher's getting his ass handed to him and you know that bullpen is probably spent from the two games before in the series, so you're just looking at that guy like, man, you're going to have to wear it. And, and, and people are fighting at the bat rack. I have never seen defensive players put their helmets on faster than when they kicked that field goal for the Rams. And Matt Gay hit the field goal immediately. Jalen Ramsey got a whole new set of eye black to put on. His eye black looked shiny. And, you know, like, he, like he got redressed to go out there and defend against that vaunted Jimmy Garoppolo offense, man. And, and I started all that off to say that I, I usually don't feel sad for people or feel bad for people. I don't feel bad for Jimmy Garoppolo either. I do not. The man is handsome. He is paid. He will be throwing footballs, uh, you know, in in Carolina somewhere next year. Like he's gonna be fine. You know, Jimmy's gonna get that that one more cycle through the NFL before people are like, hey, uh, this is kind of ass. We shouldn't be doing this anymore. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna get that. He's gonna get that Teddy Bridgewater spin cycle through the league once again, where it's like, hey, you could be a backup for us. Oh, look how good he is for these two games. Maybe he should start. Like, that's going to be his career arc from here on out. And if he's going to have a Rich Gannon type of, oh, he used to be decent, and now look at him, he's good as an old guy. If he's going to have that uh, career arc, more power to him. But Jimmy Garoppolo has, has been uh, underqualified for the most important job in pro sports for a couple of years now. And for all these people out there who can't ra- wait to run and go, oh, just like they did with Matt Stafford after he won his first playoff game. Oh, well, you know, the narrative is over. Like Troy Aikman and and uh, Joe Buck, who do a terrific job on Fox, they couldn't wait to throw that stat out there. 32 and 15. They're 0 and whatever or 1 and 6 or whatever without with any other quarterback at the at the helm. But they're 32 and 15 with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you know what it does? It speaks to the fact that Kyle Shanahan is such a terrific play caller that one, the Atlanta Falcons were never the same after he left. And that's including that 28 to 3 Super Bowl lead that they had. That was that's on his resume as well. And two, like let, Think about what it took. Think about what it took to get them back to this situation. Their defense had to go on a ridiculous run. And all those headlines that they showed during the game, you know, because they love to do this too, show headlines during the game that was bashing the coach when they were getting their ass kicked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's how fans felt. That's how columnists and, 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 and you know, beat reporters and people who observed the team felt. Now, you know, is, is Kyle Shanahan being the, the the failing portion of this team that I think the SI.com article that came out. Nah, that's that's just hyperbole. But yeah, Kyle Shanahan is a terrific damn head coach who got mired in injuries, injuries, and also 
the fact that his quarterback has limits. If you got limitations at the quarterback, you know, see the Houston Texans from a few years ago with Matt Schaub. See, uh, you know, any Andy Dalton-led team uh, when he was with the Bengals. Like, there are certain teams where you look at and go, okay, that's a ready rock press play team right now. The only thing that's limiting them is their quarterback. And that's a lot different than a wide receiver or a right tackle or a defensive tackle or a corner away. Like, you don't hear many teams say, boy, we're just a quarterback away from contending. But when you do hear it, you look at that squad and go, yeah, you are. And the 49ers are that. Now Trey Lance has to become that. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo has been quite the saga from, you know, backing up Brady and the le- his legacy kind of growing because he was getting coached by Bill Belichick and backing up Tom Brady. So that means he must be good, right? Like he, he's been with the Patriots and they don't want to let him go. They're probably holding on to him for a reason. Well, yeah, they're holding on to him so they could raise his price and get draft picks for him. And then he goes to San Francisco and shows you glimpses. But guess what? There's a lot. Ryan Fitzpatrick will pull a 300-yard game out of his ass every once in a while, right? Like, we, we, we know that quarterbacks get to this level. Very few of them are just trash. Very few of them are just, oh, this guy should not be playing quarterback at this level. And those guys get found out, and the GMs that drafted him or acquired them usually get fired because it's such an important position. But there, there are guys that you got to ride the wave with, and he is a guy. And, and I'm praying that Justin Fields is not this guy and never becomes this guy. But there's certain guys that you have to pay because they're, they might be better than the replacements out there. And that is a bad place to be in. Being in any relationship because, you know what, it's better than a bad one I was in, too. Yeah, that's going to end you up in, a, in a, you know, a less bad one and with divorce. And that's where we see this thing right now with the San Francisco 49ers. They, they are in the process, as soon as that thing hit triple zeros, of finding a new quarterback. That's it. I mean, and, and Trey Lance is that guy going forward. Obviously, they drafted uh, drafted him high. They, I believe they traded up to draft him that high, too, if I'm not mistaken. This is a dude who's playing, what, 707 in football pretty much, sat out a year, and then came in, you know, saw some glimpses, but he looked like an incredibly raw quarterback the way Justin Fields did. But now he's going to be thrown in the midst of playoff and Super Bowl expectations, which is going to be hard for a second-year player to live up to. That's why Justin Fields right now is in a – uh, a, a decent position, and, and I say a decent position and not a great position because, you know, the f- the further we get from the actual hiring of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, the more I'm starting to have different questions, you know, not questions that are going to doom this team and not saying that this is all going to fall down, but you're looking at it now with the acquisition of Luke Getze, the passing coordinator, the quarterback's coach for the Green Bay Packers, who is now getting ready to be the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Now with Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and Luke Getze, you know, three of the most important people in your building right now, none of them have done this job before. None of them have done the job that they are getting ready to do. You know, we watched in, in, in both these championship games today, tendencies come out in head coaches and come out in passing games. And the, the unknown is going to be bothersome all throughout training camp, all throughout the preseason until we get to week one where the ball is in the air for real. Because, you know, knowing Luke Getze's background, it, it, I, I'm tired of background hunting when it comes to these coaches, man. I'm tired of it, right? Like, oh, he, he, he studied under Joe Moorhead. And, and he ran uh, RPO with Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. That was 2018. That's three years ago. This man hasn't called plays in three years. I'm not saying he can't do it, but, you know, being an assistant for 15 years and then getting your shot, all right, here you go. He's never called plays on a professional level. And 
the the positive that I can see in this outside of it being new blood, right? And and all the superfluous things that people are saying about him. The positive that I get from this is the fact that Aaron Rodgers has touted the two guys and Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel, who is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and this guy, Luke Getze, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Bears, looks like to me that Aaron Rodgers is sitting there looking at the guy, Matt LaFleur, who, you know, they, they played buddy-buddy at the end here because Aaron went on a terrific run and he's probably going to win his second MVP in a row. Uh, but if you're in that room and you're looking around and, and Nathaniel Hackett ain't there and Luke Getze ain't there and you and Devontae Adams have extolled the virtues of these two people this entire season because you, both of y'all, let's keep it super funky, was hoping that they would go to Denver in a package deal so both of y'all can get up uproot from Green Bay and go live in a real city like Denver, Colorado, play, you know, play with the Broncos, do it like Peyton Manning did it, snatch yourself a Super Bowl, you know, submit the legacy even more. So taking from a team which has a room full of strengths and depleting that strength and maybe making their quarterback make another decision, because let's face it, far and away the best quarterback in the division. Like I mentioned, he's going to win himself another MVP this year in Aaron Rodgers. If you can take that guy and, and remove him from that division and say, hey, go enjoy that AFC West where Justin Herbert is coming of age, right? Pat Mahomes is still that dude. And the Raiders just hired Josh McDaniels and believe in Derek Carr even more now. Go enjoy the AFC West. Yeah, that's, that that would be a good thing. So the hires... There, there's still some questions, right? And and none of these seem like slam dunks, but if they pull it off and Ryan Poles has made the the correct uh, assessments and, and judgments in terms of hiring and developing Justin Fields, then we're cooking with gas. Because all I know is Matt Stafford found himself around more talent and there was too much talent to fuck it up. That's as, that's as simple as that. Matt Stafford threw for 41 touchdowns this year, okay? And that was before he got Odell Beckham Jr. Like, Les Snead and Sean McVay said, guess what? We're going to send you to Cabo. Don't come back unless you have number nine with you because I am getting ready to empty the absolute capital, the draft picks, all, everything that you can, uh, po- rabbit ears out here as a general manager, right? I'm cutting checks. I'm making trades. Vaughn Miller's going to be here. Uh, Eric Weddle, we're going to get him off of a LA Fitness basketball court and go, hey, go play safety for us, right? Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Aaron Donald, you know, Aaron Donald didn't make too many plays that entire game. Guess what? In the end, the closer came through. So if, if, if Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback that I hope he is, and I think he will be, then just being a good quarterback ain't enough in this NFL anymore. It's not. I mean, look at the AFC right now. You're going to have four or five guys vying year in and year out. Who's the best quarterback? Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Hell, we already forgot about Josh Allen's performance a couple weeks, uh, last week, I should say. It was, a, it was a momentous one. Like, it was a historic performance. The quarterback position is the most important position in football and in all of sports. And it's not cliche anymore. So that's why as we, you know, as the days mount and the hours mount from all of these hirings, I keep asking the same question. Is your offensive line going to get fixed because Matt Eberflus is a defensive head coach? Is Justin Fields going to get fixed or is Justin Fields going to be developed and nurtured now with Luke Getze? And, and and whoever you put around him. What happened with Kevin Petulo? Like, the questions will start to rise again because, you know, Ryan Poles is making some very, very swift and, and measured, seemingly, decisions, right? You get hired, then two days later, your head coach is here. 
And then a couple of days after that, your offensive play caller, who probably is more important, <laughs> let's face it, probably more important than your head coach right now, is here. So watching the landscape of the NFL and understanding who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, who's set up for sustained success, how are teams winning? You didn't see a whole hell of a lot of cover, too, in these, these last couple of championship games. And the times that you saw them, when guys didn't get into that pocket, NFL teams carved it up. This was the slight against that defense when Lovey Smith was on the way out. Now you hire a head coach who is essentially going to play that base defense. How is he going to mix it up? How is he going to have exotic looks? You know, how, how is he going to make sure that you're not pre-snap just letting everybody know what you're doing? How are you going to roll coverages? These are all the things. These are all the questions that we can, uh, you know, go back and forth about and, and talk about in the barbershops or on sports talk radio or on these podcasts. But we won't know until Bourbon A and we won't know until week one. But looking at the landscape of the NFL and watching these young quarterbacks get it done, all I can say is I hope the guy who hasn't who has never called plays on the NFL level can be that guy. I hope the head coach who has never been a head coach on the NFL level can be that guy. And I hope Ryan Poles is choosing the right guys to make sure that Justin Fields is standing there in the position that Matt Stafford is in the next couple of years or so. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I know I failed to mention uh, what episode of the Full Go podcast this is. We just start recording and I start talking and then I stop talking when I've run out of ideas or content that I feel will either be entertaining, engaging or funny in any way. Uh, you know what hasn't been funny? The Bulls defense has not been funny. Bulls in some trouble right now. And I'm not just going off of the San Antonio game where they lost to just DeJounte Murray. The San Antonio Spurs got a fine, fine point guard in DeJounte Murray. Like, he's going to be one of those dudes if he stays in, in San Antonio, which I don't think he will because he's a, you know, he's a clutch sports client. And <laughs> those guys usually don't stay where they can't be seen. Uh, so I don't know if DeJounte will be there long. But even the game against the Portland Trailblazers, Bulls given up way too many points. And I know Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are the, the good look, the, the substantive... Uh, you know, breaking it down, uh, you know, uh, analytical, you know, this is what your scheme is missing, the personnel kind of vibes. Yeah, but you know what? If you are playing the defense that the rest of the Bulls team is playing, it ain't going to matter when Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso come back. 
I know those two dudes are the energy. I know those dudes are the point of attack guys. They're two of the best defenders in the NBA, but I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it. It's up to Billy Donovan, and it's up to his three best players. Somebody has either got to put an emphasis on defense or somebody's got to get called out or somebody's playing time has to be limited. And I'm not talking about benching guys, but uh, people are attacking Nikola Vucevic every single way they can in the pick and roll. And it's not just on Vuce, right? Because they're playing this drop defense where he's getting caught in the middle, lobs are being thrown behind his head, uh, or guys who have perfected the floater in the NBA, which is every lead guard that's scoring more than 15, 16 points a game. That's going to that's gonna dominate the action. And guys are playing in the paint far too often. So for Zach Levine and for DeMar DeRozan, I, I, I said this last week on the pod. I'm going to keep saying it. Those two dudes are terrific offensive players. And Zach Levine has shown that he's he stepped his defensive, not just IQ, but defensive effort, defensive energy, defensive focus, whatever you want to call it. There have been possessions throughout this year, late in games, uh, where he has chosen to say, okay, this guy's not going to score and make it harder for him to score because I'm an athletic player. If you can play offense, you can play defense. Now, it's just about uh, saving your legs sometimes. You know, sometimes you just, you know, you just got poor fundamentals. And I don't know what it is with the Bulls, but they've given up 116 points per game over the last 10 games. They gave up 116 tonight against the Portland Trailblazers in the early afternoon game, I should say. It's just, it's it's not winning basketball. Uh, I've always worried about teams becoming next shot teams. And for this team to be as good defensively as it was early in the season and to have the fall off over the last month or so, uh, they've become a next shot team. They know in isolation, they've got two of the best players statistically in the NBA in Zach Levine and, and of course, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, I believe, is either one or two in the league this year in terms of ISO efficiency. So when he's going to break it down and go ISO on you, it's, it, even in his isolation plays, they're usually not plays that are putting much pressure on the rim. Right, it's usually a left elbow jump shot, little sidestep action on the right elbow, knocking down mid range jump shots. Right, he's gotten to the line because guys don't know how to stop closing out out of control or putting their legs underneath them and things of that nature, and and you know corrupting his fall. So he's getting to the line, but it's not a, you know a way of getting to the line where you're putting so much pressure on the rim, you're putting so much pressure on the the defense and compromising it and forcing it to collapse. And when you talk about Zach Levine, he's a slasher, but it seems sometimes that there has to be an emphasis on him slashing, or else he'll settle for some of the looks that he's getting from the outside. And sometimes the defense is just zoning up and, and daring those guys to hit outside shots. So what has to happen? is their profile of their outside shooting has to change. And it has to change soon because if Kobe White is going to be your only guy who's your designated shooter or Matt Thomas coming off the bench, well, there's going to be some issues. I know Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are going to add to that. Lonzo Ball has turned into one of the better catch-and-shoot spot-up three-point shooters uh, in the game, top 25, top 30 or so in terms of percentage. And Alex Caruso can knock down a shot too. But if you're not going to change the profile on your shots, if you're not going to become this different team offensively, putting more pressure on the defense, then you're going to have to defend at a way, way higher level. You know, too many players are getting to the to the end of the game with two and three fouls. DeJounte Murray had got his second foul in the game in the fourth quarter of the contest against the Bulls the other night. He didn't have to guard anybody, and he's out here damn near getting a triple-double. You know, not controlling the point of attack and then allowing guys to float on defense to save their legs so they can kill you on offense is, you know, is counterproductive. 
So if there's a scheme change coming up, if they're going to have to zone people up more, something's going to have to happen because, you know, they're going to see they're going to see this early and often, and especially when the playoffs roll around. I don't care how healthy this team is. Defensively, you, you don't just snap back into culture. I feel like they're sliding into this weird abyss of understanding how much they can score as opposed to understanding how much they can't give up. And Billy Donovan's had top 12 defenses uh, in terms of net rating over his NBA career over the last, what, five, six years. Uh, this one is seemingly not going to finish in the top 12. And I know injuries have a lot to do with it. I know Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, we cannot belabor that point enough. But Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are capable enough defenders, and I'm, I, especially Zach. You know, Zach Levine's looking for this respect that I think he has earned and deserves, but still hasn't achieved, right? I mean, you look at the all-star starter situation, you, you got, you got the, 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 the fans and the players voting him in as an all-star starter. You got the media who didn't. Trey Young got voted in by the media. This isn't a fan pick, and the reason that is because, one, in the national games that the Bulls have played this year, they've gotten their asses kicked, or Zach has been out of a couple of them. So they haven't really seen Zach ascend to that level of being anything more than a scorer. Although, all you got to do is look at his numbers. He's as efficient as any high-volume scorer in the game. His floor game is growing, especially over the last few games where he's been back off of the knee injury. Uh, before last night's game, uh, I was just say tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers, what, he had eight assists, eight rebounds uh, in the game after uh, the San Antonio game and the, in the San Antonio game, he has seven assists and seven rebounds. So he's, he's playing a, a complete floor game while trying to find a scoring touch again after coming off the knee injury. But yeah, defense is going to, defense is going to rule the day for this team. If Lonzo ball and Alex Caruso mean that much to you, then you probably gonna have to rush them back. And when they come back, Io DeSumo and Kobe white who have given their best defensive efforts are just young guys. This team's defensive identity is going to be found not only in the two perimeter players that they're waiting to come back from injury, but their best three players. I I always hearken back to the Boston Celtics and Kevin Garnett and what he had to make Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, both capable defenders, but never known as defensive guys until Kevin Garnett got there. And they still weren't known as defensive guys, but I bet you this, they played championship defense with that guy in the background. His communication. His understanding, his smarts, his know-how. DeMar DeRozan has been around the block twice, right? Nikola Vucevic, we're not talking about some spring chicken here. This is year 11 or 12 for this dude. And Zach Levine has never played a playoff game and is almost a decade in the league. So these guys understand what's at stake. The two guys who have been in these playoff wars and the guy who's trying to finally get to one of these playoff wars is defense. And you could talk about all the all-star starters and all the all-star reserves and all the individual accolades. But in the end, I know that there's a certain level of defense, and I know this is going to sound crazy, there's a certain level of defense that James Harden and Kyrie Irving know they have to play because they've been in those situations before. Kyrie Irving's won a championship, right? I mean, Kevin Durant, we, we understand that he is a far more underrated defender than we'd like to even mention, but they know what to do. Milwaukee Bucks, they didn't really have a chance until they acquired Drew Holiday as a defensive stopper at the point of attack. Right, Eric Bledsoe is a good defender, but erratic at times, gets lost out there in certain coverages, you know, and also could be an offensive liability. They make the trade. Uh, I should say they, they, they acquire Drew Holiday. They turn themselves into an immediate contender. They mess around and win the NBA championship. You're going to have to have your best players be your best defenders at some point. 
And I'm just waiting for that switchover for the Chicago Bulls, and especially Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Do you guys watch Ozark? Not the new season yet, no. I was okay. Yeah, I just, time too. just just caught up to the new season. And I've been I've been banging these joints out. And uh I gotta be honest with you, man. <laughs> if I'm Jason Bateman, Marty Bird, I'm leaving this whole fucking family a long time ago. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to figure this out. Everybody's against you. You know, now the kid's turn into an asshole. He's damn near telling on you every other chance he gets. The wife is just an insufferable. It just, oh, <laughs> so, so many words. <laughs> so many, so little job to spare. Portrayed wonderfully <laughs> by the great Laura Linney, as she always. She is amazing. She is absolutely amazing. Yeah. There, there are a few characters that make me dislike them while also like, appreciating their gangster as much as I dislike and also appreciate her gangster, right? Like, all the show really is is a bad marriage that is surrounded by crime. <laughs> like, like, these two people, they're, they're never affectionate with each other. Like, they, they, there's never a meal seemingly that isn't filled with tension. You know, they, they, they rarely smile at each other. Like, you know, you ever think during movies, because like, I'm an idiot and I think this way, like, I think during action movies sometimes, like, man, I wonder when these guys get a chance to brush their teeth or, like, take a shower. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought to yourself, like, man, I wonder <laughs> I wonder what this guy's favorite lunch meal is, you know, as he's killing 25 people. In the, you know what I mean? Like, that, I think about real-world situations during the, the least real-world moments. And while I'm What is James it, Bond's favorite cup of tea? Right, right. <laughs> Does he enjoy a nap? You know, that kind of vibe. So while I'm watching Ozark, I'm sitting there like, God, like, how awful is the sex that these two people are having? You know what I mean? Like, like you got the you got the pressure and the weight of a of a Mexican drug cartel on your shoulders at all times. You know, you you're living in the Ozarks, you know what I'm saying? Like you went from Chicago to Missouri, you know, like I'm just there's so many things that are happening around the show that I'm like, oh Marty. Just take a run at Ruth. I mean, save her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 these are the things. Like, I want the, I want all the spinoffs. You know what I mean? I want Jonah to turn into the next, you know, big drug dealer. Like, I want everything. But I'm thinking about that. I blame my, blame my, my ADHD. You want the Marty and Ruth show where they just kind of sit where they, they just kind of sit around. It's like a rom com situation, you know. They they bicker over fun married things, you know, what movie they're gonna go see. You want that show when Marty <laughs> met Ruth? You know what I'm saying? That's what I want. I want them to get from underneath underneath the drug nonsense, right? I want them to come out on the other side of the witness protection program or whatever the hell they got to jump into, and I want them to, to 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 be living in Phoenix, Arizona, eating spaghetti with ketchup up on it you know bickering and arguing about yesteryears of the drug trade that's what i want okay that's what and by the way like this is one of those shows you know how we used to mess around and uh like man i don't watch friends because they couldn't find a brother in new york city right <laughs> right or like man seinfeld you mean to tell me the show about nothing has no brown people in it let me tell you something right now 
the lack of black people in Ozark is just fine with me, man. <laughs> like, like anytime I watch Ozark, I'm like, man, I hope no brothers get killed in this. Just, you know, just driving down the highway trying to get through Missouri. <laughs> you know, like it's just a, it just seems like a bad time. There's, it's always gray. It's gambling on boats. So there's old people with oxygen tanks everywhere. You know, it's just, everybody looks weird and we're getting, and I don't want no, you know, I don't want to, this isn't a spoiler alert, right? But the the most uncomfortable love scenes of all time. And if you haven't gotten to the end of season three, there is there is a search category on X videos that is happening in this situation on Ozark that I, I for I, I'm not the guy that's going yuck anybody's yum. But man, like I feel like my lady is making me watch it as to like, you know, like see how uncomfortable I can be, but also how much of an adult I should be. And I'm failing all the tests, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm failing every one of them. You know, like it's kind of like, you know, like sitting someone down and being like, you look at that TV right now. And then you just see Brokeback Mountain come over the screen. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. This is where we're at. All right, bet. I'm here. I, I am here. I'm about to watch it. And we are about to see a great love story unfold. Right? I'm sitting there watching Ozark like, nah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not you. Didn't plan on seeing you naked. Didn't plan on seeing you naked. Wrap this shit up. Bring the drugs and the shooting and the Mexicans in at some point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, please. <laughs> hey, hey, Mexican drug dealers. <laughs> there's a there's a seemingly college-age young man and an octogenarian getting it on. Run in there right now and light that bitch up and we can end this storyline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I meant light the house up, by the way. I wasn't talking about yet. Okay, I'll just make yeah. it sure. <laughs> that was my uh, synopsis on season three of Ozark. <laughs> you don't have to worry about any black people, but you do have to worry about seeing some very uncomfortable sex scenes. <laughs> very, very uncomfortable ones. And that's it. That's all I got. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, my main man, Chris Tannehill, uh, reminded me that when you guys are hearing this, we're going to be on the on the uh, the heels of the Bears' introductory presser. And I always love 
introductory pressers because you get to see how guys are being coached up, what they have been told to say to the Chicago media, uh, how many times bear weather and deep dish pizza and all the other foolery, <laughs> all, all the other things that, that, that we engage in when we introduce coaches to the media in this city. Yeah, Walter um, Payton will get mentioned. Oh. Papa Bear, you know, most likely. Matt Eberfuse will mention right. Papa Bear, you know, following the tradition and all that. And, you know. Defense. Defense <laughs> is going to be mentioned, even Absolutely. though the quarterback is important. Yeah. Will, will they go Bear Weather? Will Bear Weather be uh, <laughs> be evoked out there? Uh, I'm, I, I think I think FanDuel should be giving up 30 to 1 odds on that, <laughs> you know, just so you can place a $5 bet and get yourself 150 on the other side. Because uh, it'll be like coded, coded Bear Weather. It's just like, right. you know, yeah, we got to run the ball here, you know, like, and you know, like, it gets cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I'm sorry. I, if, if I'm not giving you the content you need, on this Bears coaching search, I apologize. You know what? I, I'm tired of being wrong, one. And two, I'm tired of acting like I know what the hell is going on. I still don't know what's going on. They hired a 36-year-old brother who two days later hired a coach that neither the, the owner wanted nor the CFO wanted, so he went down the middle, and now he's hired uh, the the play caller that had Aaron Rodgers to, you know, to execute his his magical passing game uh, in Luke Getze. I I just want. <laughs> I then you find out that the Vikings sent your Jim Harbaugh. It's like, yeah, wait man. a minute, what yeah, happened? Man. So <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's out here on his last miles, and I love it. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's like, hey, Michigan, uh, a dollar more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just gave you a hey, bitch, a dollar more. <laughs> he's going. He's going to go interview with every team he possibly can. This is the other thing too. If you're Jim Harbaugh, like head coaching. In college and head coaching on the professional ranks, to me, it, it doesn't boil down to being as simple as this, but do you want to be in 17 or 18 year olds living rooms, but also have your thumb on them for the entire time they're there? Or do you want to coach grown men who also have a shared amount of power in terms of the best players on the team that you have? Right. And, and where are you at in your your ego bell curve, for lack of a better term? The last time we saw Jim Harbaugh in, in, in football, in professional football, he yeah, he caught a little bit of a supernova in Colin Kaepernick, right? And and shout out to him for having the ballsy move or the gutsy move of, hey, Alex Smith, I know we're winning with you, but there's only a certain level of winning we're going to do at this position with you. You're not dynamic enough. Going to give number seven to football. And then we see what happened. We saw what happened, I should say, in the NFC Championship game, which was one for the, for the ages where he ran roughshod over the Packers. But since then, Jim Harbaugh has been searching for his quarterback on the collegiate level where, you know, there is no salary cap and there, <laughs> there is no player cap in terms of, you get it, what, 80 scholarships. But if you can't find that guy in the course of four or five years, six or seven years, then that's on you. I just... I don't know that I am as head over heels in as everybody else is when it comes to the Jim Harbaugh dynamic. Is he a good football coach? Yeah, I think he's a good football coach. But I, I don't know if him being in college for the time that he's been in college is going to affect what he's ready for again on the pro level. Um, and two, I'm not sure if Jim Harbaugh is really serious about coming back to the professional ranks. I really do think that Michigan is the, the mission for him and winning a national championship with the Wolverines is the mission. Now, well, by the time you guys get this, I could be absolutely wrong. He could have signed an eight-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings and we move on from there. But 
if Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze get it together with Justin Fields, then I'll be happy as a Bears fan. If what I think is going to happen here, which is there's going to be some bumps in the road. And I also want to say this on the heels of the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Understanding when your quarterback isn't the guy, I think, is as important as finding the guy. And paying guys that, that aren't the guy going to get you in trouble. They're going to mess up your cap. They're going to mess up your, your, your clock in terms of uh, your, your, your draft calendar. Because you know? look at Trey Lance. Trey Lance should be uh, an offensive lineman. You know, Trey Lance should be uh, a, you know, another wide receiver. Trey Lance should be maybe somebody on the other side of Nick Bosa to rush the passer. But you had to go and draft a quarterback because the guy that you paid, you're not sure of. Whatever you do, Matt Eberflus and more importantly, Luke Getze, I need to find out. I need to find out next year and the year after that, before it's time to pay this guy, if he's the guy or not. Now, we saw glimpses, and we know that Luke Getze ran the RPO at Mississippi State with some vertical concepts and Joe Moorhead. Uh, and then, of course, matriculates to the Green Bay Packers where Matt LaFleur runs the West Coast system with that outside zone run from that Shanahan tree. So if there's going to be a hybrid zone run, RPO, get this guy out onto the edges kind of offense, the one we should have saw when Matt Nagy was here, to say the least. But if there's going to be that kind of homogenization of those three offensive philosophies, then cool, because I am a fan of Justin Fields, but I also am a fan of the Chicago Bears. And I, I want to know if this dude ain't the dude, too. I believe he is. But at the end of the season, like I predicted, him playing like a rookie, him giving the ball up, you know, him, him, uh, you know, probably being a little bit too arrogant and, and, and too confident in terms of how much time he actually had to get rid of the football. All those things came to fruition. He played like a rookie at the end. And I knew that hell was coming for him because the Matt Nagy fatigue was, was going to run out at some point. And, and it turned to him. Now, he got COVID at the end, had the cracked ribs, dealt with some injuries, didn't finish out the season. Uh, they were, what, two and eight with him as the starter. Like, all those things are material and all those things are tangible. But Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus got to find out if this is the guy. And the way you find out if this is the guy is you build an offensive system around him and you take it from there. And, and his, his inadequacies, you know, his, his deficiencies will show. They'll show. The game ain't going to lie to you. If he is an above-board player, if he's a dude that has the pedigree of being, a, you know, the 11th pick in the draft, and Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, all the things, all the accolades, you know, high school quarterback of the year, Gatorade Player of the Year coming out of high school, all those things, they're fine. But they'll show or not. If they translate, they'll show. It's up to Luke Getze. It's up to Matt Eberflus. And that's all I want to hear. I want to hear the kind of defense they're going to run, how they're going to transition from a 3-4 into this base 4-3, obviously being in sub-package all the time. Defensive ends turn into defensive tackles. Uh, some of these linebackers are going to turn into defensive ends, right? Khalil Mack has played in the 4-3 scheme. Travis Gibson has played in the 4-3 scheme. Robert Quinn has played in the 4-3 scheme. So the transformation or the transition won't be as drastic as it seems. But top to bottom, this press conference, when we hear it on Monday afternoon, needs to be about Justin Fields. It needs to be about Justin Fields and how they're going to, to not only develop him, but what they're going to put around him. How is this line going to play? Are you going to get bigger on the line? Are you going to kick Larry Borum inside? Right? Is Tevin Jenkins going to be your left tackle or is he going to be your right tackle? Right? What, what kind of run schemes are you going to have? Are you going to have the outside zone stuff that, that Mike Shanahan taught everybody on that Washington football team coaching staff, namely Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur, who have now birthed the Zach Taylors and the Luke Getzes of the world? Yeah. 
I need to hear all that stuff because these four teams that ended up in the final four of these NFL playoffs, all of them, Joe Burrow, right? Patrick Mahomes, okay? Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, all four quarterbacks had major, major effect on, on not only where, how their team got here, but if their team went home or not. And Justin Fields is going to eventually be that guy, for better or for worse. I need to find out as quickly as possible, and that's what this press conference needs to be about as well. The full goal with Jason Goff. So we got the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl, and boy, does that sound like a big bag of mid. <laughs> but right, we're going to watch it because the Super Bowl is America's uh, holiday. It is going to be a fun one. Um, and on top of it, guys, Super Bowl is the day before Valentine's Day. So don't don't go too crazy with your Super Bowl parties. You know, understand that there better be some kind of rollout, whatever it is, the next day for your lady or for your significant other, whatever the case may be. Because ain't no way in hell you about to sit there and have everybody eat filet mignon sliders and, and the greatest vegan menu you could ever put together for the people in the back who don't eat meat and, you know, getting together all the bottles of liquor and making sure you have the other uh, accoutrement that might uh, be necessary for people to vibe in and then looking at your lady the next day with a snack pack and a blow pop. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, happy Valentine's Day, babes. <laughs> How about that party we had though yesterday? Like, fellas, I'm warning you now. I'm warning myself, to be honest with you. I was going to say, this is going to be a big day uh, for, for UMP, like not many Valentine's Days deep into the relationship. No, we're not. guys have really, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> right? So you guys have taken it to the next level here. So what what, what can we expect here? A little, little oh. Valentine's Day pregame show here? Is it a thing that's important, not important? How, well, what are your thoughts? Talk about uh, it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, how about this? How about I get myself in, in the ultimate trouble and just ask her? You know what I'm saying? Hold on one second. <laughs> hey, Pia, come here for a second, sweetheart. Hey, keep keep the pit bull and the shih tzu down there. Come on, radio time. Come on, come on, come here, come here. Uh, she's doing the Pia shuffle on up here now, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a woman who has made turnip greens and fried catfish tonight. We are having ourselves a celebratory meal for some reason that I don't know about. Come on in, Pia Hollick. Appreciate you. Soon to be Pia Goffs. Good to see you. Come on in. Come on in right here. Celebrating because she's about to be a golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrating because she's about to be a golf my ass. That's not why she's celebrating. <laughs> but Pia, you know, she doesn't want to come on camera, guys. And I can understand that. Pia, um, we were talking about Super Bowl Sunday and how big of a holiday it is for people who are uh, American football watchers in this country, right? And uh, it just happens this year to fall the day before Valentine's Day. Okay, and I've been telling everybody out there how you got to get ready for uh, a back-to-back kind of jacking of your pockets as, as a as a participant in both these holidays. So, um, and I'm just serving as an audio reminder to the fellas out there to make sure that they do something special for uh, their, their the person in their life. But uh, for you, are you expecting a a fully extravagant? uh valentine's day seeing as how this is you know our first one yeah and um knowing the financial strain that i am under as uh <laughs> as a as a young black man in this podcast world and also uh you know one of the few uh african-americans in in the top 10 market doing television at one of these regional sports networks you also understand the uh the attack that my pockets are under so with all that knowledge going into it um, how do you feel about Valentine's Day 
this year? I know you're going to make the right decision. Oh boy. Very yeah. open ended. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. That was, that was not fellas. Uh, if you're listening oh, out there, if, if, if you get that answer, fellas, just, uh, uh. just pray, just pray, <laughs> just pray. You know, and these are these are these are uncomfortable, nervous laughs that we are all having right now because she's still in the room. And uh, yeah, see you later, P. All right. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Love you, too. All right. All right, fellas. Well, uh, I will be donating blood and any other bodily fluid uh, over the next week or so to make sure that, <laughs> that I can pull this thing off. Damn. She hit me with that. I know you'll. What'd she say? I know you'll, oh, you'll make the right decision. You already forgot what she said. You already <laughs> forgot. Good thing you have the audio <laughs> podcast reminder here. Time capsule for all the peeps out here for years and years. Yeah. She knows you'll make the right decision, as do I. I know you'll make the right decision. Yeah. Do you, though? Danny, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> like, how many, how many years are we going now? Right? Like, do you know me to always make the right decision? Or do you know me to make the impassioned one that I know I can argue my way out of on the other end? That That's the one that you know me to make. You know, I've never really, like, I've gotten down on Valentine's Day, right? I've, you know, done the flowers thing before and, you know, do a little candy or whatever. But at at this stage, you know, once you just slide that ring, I don't know if it can get much bigger than that, you know? Like, we've we've, we've reached the pinnacle, right? We're just, we're just now, we're just setting sail into into the seas of love that's what i feel like so um with that being said i'm gonna ahoy. make some reservations <laughs> yeah <ahoy. laughs> you could have just waited a couple of months and you could have really, really made it a special valentine's day but you uh, had to <laughs> i did didn't i you had to run into the hurry up offense here <laughs> hey man it's my it's my nature though i'm i'm the kid that used to wear shoes out of the store so you, you know go. yeah that's the only I way can't. to live life man actually being real about it, that's the only way to live your life yeah, man. I can't wait. Like, I want to enjoy my shit now. Oh, oh boy. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this Valentine's Day segment here on the Full Go Podcast. Fellas, whew, we're, we're potting. Potting on Tuesday the 15th, by the way. So you guys will hear on my voice uh, how, how that Valentine's Day went uh, on the 15th. Uh, but yeah, the Super Bowl, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've only had a chance to cover one Super Bowl, and that was in Phoenix. And that was a great time. That was a fun, fun time. The spectacle of the NFL coming to your town and just vomiting all the money that it has on your town and showing you how much of a behemoth it is, right? Like the NFL just took over Phoenix. It was like, hey, here's 32 trucks that are that have never been driven. You know, here's his 32 Ford F-150s with every single logo on them lined up in front of, you know, the convention center. Here, here's how much money we have. Oh, by the way, here's here's the, the, the poopery lady, you know, coming down Radio Row to tell you how you can make sure that your toilet doesn't smell awful you know, right before you drop a load in there. Like this is, these are the things that the NFL provides you, right? Here's Jamie Foxx, you know, here's Stephen A. Smith. I was on a, a radio row podium when I worked for Sirius XM in between Stephen A. Smith and Jamie Foxx. And it was me and Matt Bourne and Matt Miller. And, and one of these things wasn't like the other. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. As, as star studded guests walked from Jamie Foxx's booth to Stephen A. Smith's booth and then looked me up and down and was like, like, nah, player, you black, but you ain't no former athlete and you ain't important. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna keep it moving. <laughs> Where's Byron Allen? <laughs> <laughs> Suing McDonald's. 
Oh my god! <laughs> unleashing the unleashing the nuggets, huh? <laughs> Is that what he's doing? All right, we got to we got to shut this down. It's getting way. It's getting out of control. I blame Jesse to be honest with you. So yeah, Super Bowl's gonna be fun. Even if the game won't be, I expect the Rams to blow the doors off the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that time is up. At some point, Zach Taylor should be found out as the fraud that he is. And the offensive line is ass. And I don't think Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and Leonard Floyd are going to be deterred by an offensive line that has been allowing their quarterback to get punched around as much as the Bengals' offensive line. So I think first blush, I think the Rams are going to win this thing 31-17. to 17. The Rams are going to be the Super Bowl champions. Matt Stafford is finally going to get that playoff and big game monkey off his back and be crowned as a Super Bowl champion as well as Aaron Donald. Vaughn Miller is going to finish his job as, as, you know, as, as a guy who came along in trade. And Odell Beckham Jr., ladies and gentlemen, everybody's favorite wide receiver is going to get himself a ring as Baker Mayfield tries to figure out what his NFL life looks like. There it is. We don't even need to pod Super Bowl week. There the entire preview for you right there. Now, I'm sure when I touch down and the herbal essence of Los Angeles hits me, I'm sure I'll have different opinions. But until then, that's what you got. It's the full go, That's it for episode 57 of the full go. We will return. Ah, damn it. Episode 58. <sighs> We're going to return on Tuesday when we'll sit down with one of the best football minds in our industry. ESPN's Matt Bowen will join the show. We'll pick Matt's brain on Justin Fields and what the Bears may look like under their new GM and coaching staff. Plus, if you like the Orlando Magic, the Bulls will square off against Franz Wagner and the boys once again. We'll recap it all and we'll get the uh, the fallout from the Bears' presser, hopefully, on Monday. Don't forget, as always, you can hit us up on the full goal voicemail line at 773 973-359-3103. As always, we'd like to thank our producers, Steve Cerruti, the great Chris Tannehill, my main man, Jesse Lopez. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Uh, we also like to thank our guest, Pia Hollick, soon to be Pia Goff. And hopefully this Valentine's Day is as fruitful as she thinks it will be. For everybody, we'd like to thank you for downloading, sharing, listening to, rating, and reviewing this thing. We appreciate you so much. The Full Go Podcast brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. As always, y'all, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and remember to be safe. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.